Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast, the number one English language content Chivas podcast in the world. Tonight on the call, as, <laughs> <laughs> as usual, I have uh, Rigo and Flo. What's going on, guys? What's up, man? How are you? What do you guys think of that new intro? Yes, no? <laughs> I mean, it's true. Facts. Just Facts. the first time we first time we, first time we've ever heard it. So. <laughs> That's why it was funny. It's it's very true. Man. I also I also think we're the only Chivas English content podcast there is. <laughs> hey, therefore the best. Which right? makes us by default number one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that makes sense. But if there was more than one, we'd still be number one. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, we got a jam-packed episode for uh, everybody tonight. Just a brief uh, run-through of what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about the first leg of the Chivas Seattle Champions League. We're going to talk about the new sporting director, Pulido throwing his teammates under the bus. The Chivas win over his love with Buap over the weekend. The second leg of Chivas Seattle Champions League. Can Chivas make one last push for a playoff spot in the league? Um, what else do we have? We have, is Chivas a xenophobic team? And lastly, we got a lot of replies on Twitter for this question. Is Pineda a Chivas or Mexico legend? So, a lot of stuff to jump into tonight, guys. Let's just uh, just jump right into it. A lot of stuff to cover in 30 minutes. <laughs> well, we've all, like, well, Flo, you live in Texas, so you, you're an hour behind us. But me and Rigo fell asleep, like, at 2 o'clock in the morning the last two days. So you're probably not as tired as us, but me and Rigo, are, we're, we're struggling. Nah, I was asleep, like, at 2 in the morning, too. I was watching Drake play Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about that. Like, I woke like up the rest in the morning to the world. <laughs> and it was, was playing Fortnite. It was one in the morning, and I was watching him on Twitch, and there was six hundred thousand people watching. Wow. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. For right. perspective, for back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chivas and Seattle, first leg, Chivas lost one nil. Um, brief recap of that game. She, I felt, I felt like Chivas was the better team that night. As usual, uh, late defensive error led to a Seattle goal, and of course it was Dempsey who I was hoping was the last player that would score for Seattle. Uh, brief thoughts on that game from you guys. I mean, we had the huge Pulido miss where he pretty much missed the sitter. One, uh, one, he tried, one. He tried yeah, he tried to he tried to chip it over the goalie and he couldn't get it he didn't get it high enough. I mean, the game has been everything we've been experiencing all year. We fucking dominate possession, attack, can't score, other team counterattacks us. Makes a we make a defensive uh error and they score. <clears throat> the thing I took away the, the most from that game was that she was had a lot of trouble playing on the turf. They couldn't control the ball. Like the ball was moving too fast for them. 
And a lot of guys have been had trouble with their first touch this season, so I feel like that was like the biggest deterrent in that game to the team. Yeah. I mean, I thought that game, from what I remember, I thought both teams looked bad, in my opinion. Like like you said, Chivas can't get a hold of the ball. They look bad out there. I mean, Varro said they look like the better team, but, I mean, I still think they look pretty bad in that first leg. I don't know what you guys thought. I mean, I thought, I thought it was a lot more even. Yeah, I, I thought it was probably Chivas' worst outing of the season, League IMX and Champions League combined, but I still thought that Chivas was the better team. I think that 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 uh that one v one Pulido against their goalie that Regal's talking about, I I couldn't believe that he didn't that he didn't finish that. If he hits that, we we go into the second leg like super confident that we that we're gonna advance. Instead, we went in. I don't know how nervous you guys were, but I was I was concerned. Going into the second leg. Yeah, with the one nil deficit. Oh, I was, I was just cause, concerned. Just because away goals in the in Concacaf Champions League are are in play. Not not even because away goals, just because we can't freaking score. Like we can't score and we get beat on counterattacks, and it just plays perfectly into what Sound are going to come to Mexico to do. Although some analysts on ESPN said that Sounders would wouldn't come to sit back in Akron. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why and they, then we why they said that. Yeah, like any any team that's been playing Chivas all season knows that they can sit back and just rely on the counter to score on us. So I don't know what they were talking about. You don't about. watch MLS. You don't watch Seattle, Faro, so you don't know. I watch yeah. their uh, only one <laughs> game into their season. I watch all. <laughs> I've watched Seattle, I've watched Seattle Sounders the whole season. <laughs> The fr- the first Seattle Sounders game, Sounders game was against LAFC, right? Yep. And I watched. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know if I watched it, but I had it on the whole time. The Vela score? No, not that. Yeah, game. That game. He scored. Um, second. Their game. second game. I don't know who they they played. Um, uh, I can't remember who they played because this is not an LAFC podcast. So, who cares? Doesn't matter. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. Huh. I thought those I mean, stinks, anyways. Uh, we can't. We can't, I mean, I we can't get into that. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't too concerned. I mean, I was a little concerned, but not too concerned going into the second leg. I mean, as bad as Chivas played to me, Sounders didn't even look impressive at home. After Chivas had the how long? It was like a ten-hour trip to get to Seattle, or however long it is. Um, so I wasn't too concerned. I thought they would be able to pull it off, but. You know, I just, I just, it just, it came down to if we were going to play up to our ability, because we definitely didn't play up to it in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, and also Pizarro not starting in Seattle. I, I was confused by that. I think that was more Almeida saving him for the second half and just letting uh, Seattle get worn out a little. Because yeah, as soon as he came in the game, it was immediate impact. Yeah, I mean, we did that. We did that um, podcast episode with Ugo from um, the Sounders podcast, and he was telling us like their left backs and their right backs are their weaknesses. So I guess Almeida knew that too going into the game, and he likes to play Pizarro on the left. So maybe he figured, let me wear out the left back and the right back in the first half, and then throw in Pizarro and let him just have his way with them. But it didn't really work out that way, at least not 
in the first leg. But um. No, I mean. I, uh ahead. yeah, go ahead, Rigo. No, I was just gonna say how the first leg, like I think to a certain degree, we were obviously more dominant. Like we were, we were imposing our our you know, our natural like possess possession game, but they it wasn't like so like lopsided. It was just a lot more even. Because I felt like they 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 had they had a lot of chances on their end as well. Where they attacked, and the goal was unfortunate. I felt the game should have ended zero zero. That would have been a fair outcome. So the goal coming like what, like an eighty something minute, like that was the show was just unfortunate. Yeah, it was about nothing Chivas could do around like the eighty fourth, I think. But, but yeah. I, I was nervous. I was nervous going into second leg, just because Chivas hasn't score. That that's just I mean that's huge. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, just to recap that game, uh, any player that stood out for you guys in that game? I mean, for me, I know Mayorga definitely stood out for me. And I thought that he contributed to the offense way more than Adi's had all season until that second leg. I feel like Adi's getting benched woke him up for the second leg of the Seattle Sounders. Yeah, Tomo Yorga played well. Um, I don't really remember if anybody else really stood out. Yeah, from that game. I mean, I yeah. remember. I do remember Mayorga making some runs. He 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 did have a couple opportunities where he had like bad decisions, especially on defense, where he gave the ball away like outside the box. Uh, but I mean, it's also natural. Like, he's not like a, he hasn't played that many games, so. Um, but yeah, he definitely stood out. I don't really remember anybody else really standing out. Yeah, I mean, I think he was the lone. Well, I, yeah, I think like the lone bright spot for Chivas in that first leg. I don't, off the top of my head, I can't remember much else except that Bolido one versus one miss, and that's it. I don't. Pineda, I think, had a bad game that day. Pizarro played, but he didn't really do anything. Chofis didn't really do anything that game. But, yeah, besides that, I don't know. Um, anything you guys want to add before we move on? Because we have so much to talk about. No. no. I think that's pretty much covers it. Alright, so that's it for the first leg of uh, Chivas Seattle. And um, I think we're going to try to get Ugo back on the podcast just to, like, do, like, a little maybe recap of his uh, days in Guadalajara and what, what it was like going through those two games. Yeah, because I got some questions for him. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't respond to some of my tweets. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, they were passive. They were passive-aggressive, but... <laughs> All right, let's move on to... Uh... Chivas has a new sporting director. A couple of days ago, Chivas announced um, Francisco Gabriel de Anda as their new sporting director. I mean, he came out of nowhere because he wasn't even in the... He wasn't even, like, rumored to be a candidate for the position. I don't like it. I mean, I don't know much about him, 
I just know the fact that uh, Almeida suggested. Um, I think Benjamin Galindo for the position, and obviously they, yeah. they decided to just say screw you, and they hired well not screw you, but they hired another guy that he didn't ask for. Well, I mean, I mean the GM is essentially supposed to overlook the the coach doesn't hire the GM. The GM is supposed to hire the coach because he's kind of like his boss, basically. So, like, the, the person who Almeida suggests, I don't know if they were ever going to get hired. But I just don't like the whole move, period. Like, to me, it just screams, like, the front office, Vergara and Higuera, having, like, an out. Like, if Almeida, if the team, for some reason, doesn't do well next season, they're going to be like, oh, well, we got Almeida help. And now... You know, we got him the help, so he, it's this is on him. When the reality is that the <clears throat> the reason the team has struggled up until this point is because the front office has not made deals to bring in players. And then they had the whole fiasco with Alanis. <clears throat> so to me, it's just like it, it seems like it's just like the the front office trying to save face, and it's being forced on Matias Almeida, like. This is what this is what you have to you know like. This is going to be your new boss. He's going to oversee the operations of the of the team. Um, I just I don't like it because like I feel like if at any point Almeida does bad, Francisco de Anda could be like, "Yo, that's not my that's not my guy. That's not who I wanted to you know to be the coach of the team. Like you bring me somebody else and then we'll do better." Like, like this just it just it just seems like. The odds are against Almeida in this in this position. Yeah, de- yeah. definitely. Um... I mean, I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea who this guy is, but the the GM be, he... the GM coach relationship is is very, very important. You know, the the GM everybody you know they have to bring in the players that are going to work for the coach's philosophies. They have to be on the same page. And if Almeida wanted someone else, and if they if they're not seeing that eye, to me that's very very concerning. I mean, it's it's a you know they have to be on the same page. It's, it's a it's a big relationship. So, off the bat, you know, I'm already skeptical. No, I mean, Paco Landa was a player previously, and and, and he's also a, an ESPN analyst. And he, I I mean, I watch football football picante all the time, and he has been he has been positive about. Almeida in certain aspects, but again, that GM coach relationship is very important when you know you're taking over, and when a new GM comes midway through a, a, a coaching cycle, it's almost always like the coach is doomed. That yeah. position, like for at, with their job, and that's what that's what it feels like. So yeah, it's, it's usually how it is. Even if the coach doesn't go, it's kind of a We'll give you one last chance before we bring in my guy, type of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, Almeida's contract is due to expire. What the next this summer or next summer? I think he has one more year left. So if the new GM is going to bring in somebody new, it it, it lines up with the timing of Almeida's contract. I mean, I hope Armenia stays for a while, but who knows? I think if he bounces back from this, um, 
the slump I want to say that Chivas is in. I think he stays for the full, like his full contract, just runs it out and sees where he goes from there. Because he might, he might go back to River. He want, I think that's something he'd want to do. Or if a national team comes calling, he'd probably out. Because I think he has a clause that lets him out. Or rumor. What I do, th- what I do think, um, what I do think, could be a positive with um, Paco de Anda would be like helping structure for the future. Where you know he could he might he might be like you know what Matias had made the system works, we should be coaching this all the way down our forces básicas, and then prepping whoever the nutrients coach the same way, like a long term plan. That that's where it, it could work. But if he comes in and he has a different style, different way of thinking of how the coach should coach, then that that's going to again affect their relationship. So I'm overall I don't like this move. I feel like this move should have been done before Armada was hired. But so the general see what happens. Yeah, general consensus. We don't we don't agree with the move. But what's done is done, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's uh, another uh, controversial thing that happened. I don't know. I feel like we haven't recorded a podcast in like a month or something. Like so much happened. So like, what 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 did it happen? Like the last two weeks, last week that uh, Pulido kind of threw his teammates under the bus. Okay. So what did he say? So he said that over the off season they brought in players that weren't probably like experienced, right? Kind of is kind of what he tried to say. I think he kind of said that they didn't have the quality or maybe, like, the experience to get Chivas through a season. I don't know. It's, like, a lot of he said stuff. But I think, like, I don't know. Rigo, do you have, like, a better summary? Like, I, I briefly heard the, the interview that it wasn't, like, I an interview. It was just, like, a brief interview outside the parking lot. Was, yeah, yeah, he was leaving the parking lot for the, of such practice. I understood it as... You know, he expects this off season for the club, this off season that's coming up for the club to bring in players of you know more experienced, maybe maybe more talented. And he basically what he said was like, I don't. He's like, not that the guys who we have now aren't talented. They're just they're green. They're they're new. They're young players, so they don't have the experience. And a lot of times you. You need experience when you're playing against these clubs that have that are playing with like a lot of foreigners and stuff like that. So that's how I took it. I didn't take it as a bad thing, but the media obviously turned it into Bolida throwing his teammates under the bus, and you know he doesn't think they're good. Yeah, I mean, meanwhile, meanwhile, the night before he got he got a yellow and that disqualified him from playing in the second leg of the Seattle Sounders leg. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, so I mean, I mean, an experienced player, an experienced player would know not to get a yellow card, knowing that it would lead to a suspension for the next game. But I mean, Bolillo said what he said. I don't think he meant to 
insult or like diss any of his teammates. I just think it's the Mexican media that always is searching for headlines, is always trying to create controversy, trying to divide teams. I I even felt like Bolillo, I think the, within the last two days, put out a bunch of tweets like defending his teammates and like supporting them. Like that Godinez goal, I saw one tweet, somebody quoted the, the goal, the goal tweet, and they're like, oh, this one's for you, Pulido. And Pulido quoted it back, and it's like, it's like, this is not for me, it's like for all the fans, like we, we all worked hard, we all deserve it, you know, like, he's supporting his teammates, he's trying to, I don't know if it's uh, damage control or whatnot. But it sounds like damage control. But yeah, but I don't think he meant to throw any of his teammates under the bus. He's he's young. He's not he's not a veteran. Like if you look at Chivas Chivas's roster and the players that they have on it, like who who are the, we have like what, three, four veterans on it? We got Salcido, we got Aris, we got Pereira, and then I'd probably throw in Alanis because he's a little older, not that old. Well Cota. He's not that old either, like I don't think yeah, veteran yeah. veteran status. Isn't he like twenty seven, twenty eight? His braces what? make him look younger. <laughs> I think what is on the older side, twenty nine. Is he? So would you would you consider yeah, him a older. veteran on the squad for Chivas? Yeah. Okay, so we have what, four or five veterans? I mean I think in yeah, I mean in general this is a really alright, so that's thirty years old. But I think overall this Chivas <laughs> this Chivas squad is, yeah, those braces make him look young as well. But overall, yeah, without, <laughs> without, um, without a Salcido on the squad, where we have one of the youngest teams. Yeah, this is a overall. This is a really young squad, and and has like a solid foundation for the future. Without Salcido, Pereira, Cota, I want to say we average under like a thirty-year-old, like thirty years old age. Maybe uh, soccer nerds can provide those stats tomorrow or something but I mean yeah I think this is a, this is a young team like we're not Pulido's not that not that old I don't think it 27 was, yeah I don't think this was meant to he didn't mean to throw his teammates under the bus and even I think no I'll, but it makes it but it, I mean what he said makes sense like look who they brought in they brought in two guys that barely play and we oh, let yeah. go of an experienced guy mm-hmm like that—that that was just a bad move. Like then they haven't brought anybody with experience in, two, in over two seasons. Like so, you know, for him saying that is, isn't a bad thing. It was just... Yeah, well, it sounds. Like, I mean, it seems like worse. as overall they've been. Huh? Now you you cut off Riga. Uh, no, I was just saying. Just the media always twists things around. Yeah. Yeah, well, it seems like Chivas has been going towards a youth movement in general. The players that they've been buying have all been pretty young players. You know, so, I mean, what he said is, you know, true. Like like you said, Rico. I mean, I think, I think the fact that we're pushing towards, we're pushing the youth was, was more, wasn't more obvious than that Love with Blop game. Like, just a segue right into that. We had a a young green squad out there for that game. 
And and you know what? I don't mind them looking towards the future because I, I do feel like there's a couple guys, like, for example, Pizarro, like, he could easily make a jump to Europe. And then we're without, we're without him. Um, I mean, this is Messi's last World Cup, so you imagine that Barcelona is going to try to take trophies any minute now. <laughs> like, so you start, like, you know, it's good that they're building for the future. Like Sandoval is young. Ronaldo's young. Macias, Godinez, Benitez, um, Mayorga, all these guys that are young. It's good that we have that. Uh, but at the same time, you have to... The problem with that, with Liga MX, and the problem with Chivas is like, there's only 17 weeks, and it's a it's a, it's a a win-now league, and it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately. Like, I mean, it's only a year ago that we won the championship, and everybody's forgotten because we had two shitty seasons. So you ha- you have to like, there has to be a, a, a like a combination and even combination of you know vets that are talented and talented youth for this squad to work and to be competitive every year. Yeah, I mean, and let me let me just briefly run through the lineup that started against Lobos on uh, Saturday. So goalkeeper Cota, and then we went Carlos Cisneros right back. Carlos Salcedo and Alanis at center back, left back Aris. We had Or Orbelin Pineda, Michael Perez in the midfield, Gael Sandoval started, Isaac Brizuela, Alan Pulido, and Jose Juan Macias. So that's that's a young green squad. Like and I said it like after the game, after we won that game, it was like it was a dirty, ugly win. Like it was a gritty win. There's like nothing pretty about that game. I don't know what you I guys actually, thought about that game. I actually didn't get to watch that game. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't think you missed much. The I saw the goal. The goal was, been, was, after was, that. A nice, was a nice play from Brizuela, who I think is like playing, playing really well. Yeah. yeah, like he's taking that. That form before that uh, Sambuesa injury, and then that lat like I don't know. Every time he's getting into form, he gets hurt. So I'm hoping he doesn't like just knock on wood. Hope he doesn't get hurt again. But this like this Brizuela reminds me of that Brizuela that we signed from uh, Toluca when even Pio Herrera was like, "Hey, this this is the best Mexican player in Mexico at the moment." He's showing those flashes, you know. Yeah. Did you, yeah, did you I don't, watch that game? I don't though? remember. I did, but I don't remember much about it besides the goal. It seemed like after the goal, it seemed like not much happened. I mean, I, I still think, I think Chivas, no, that, oh, that, that was the weird part, actually, of the game, that Chivas didn't dominate the possession of that game. I think going to the half, it was like, maybe 60-40 in favor of Lobos Bop, but we were winning that game, which is weird because all season we've been dominating possession. I think I've been tweeted out from the account. We've and been losing. dominating possession and losing, and the one time we're not dominating possession, we're winning, so it was like bizarro world for that that game. But I don't know anything that yeah. anything else that's Lobos. for you, Flo, from that game. No, not really, man. I, to be honest, I don't remember much about it. Like the goal, the goal happened early. 
And I remember, I was like, oh, we're playing Lobos, we score early, we're probably going to score a few more. And then just nothing happened. Yeah, I mean, we created opportunities, but nothing, nothing came from them as usual. Yeah. I'm trying to pull up the stats from that game just to see if I could refresh my memory, like anything else that might have happened. But I think for the most part, like overall, I, I'm just going to push the fact that it was an ugly, it was an ugly win. But a much, a much needed win. Definitely. Alright, so we're done with the Love with Bop game. We can jump into the second leg of uh, Seattle Chivas, which happened last night. Chivas won 3 mil goals from uh, Chofis Godinez and slipping my mind. Who's the. Alanis. Oh, yeah. Alanis, Alanis free kick. Yep. 3 mil Chivas. Um, quick, quick, like, quick thoughts on the game? Man, after the first half, I was like, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. We were up one yeah, going to the After half, the right? first half. No. Oh, no, we no, it was 0-0. Zero, zero. So did that happen, or, yeah. that happen early in the second half then? Okay. 50th minute, yeah. Yeah, going into halftime, I thought it was like a typical Chivas game where we played much better than we played in Seattle, but it was more of the same dominate the game can't score type of type of game is that pretty much what you guys thought yeah yeah definitely exact same thing yeah so i I definitely thought we were the better team um at halftime i was a little scared at halftime i was pretty much just hoping that we could get a goal you know just to, to, to tie it up and not let them score an away goal but we all of a sudden we just turned it up. I mean, I think Seattle came into the game expecting to hold Chivas scoreless for 90 minutes. Yeah. They didn't, they never pushed forward. They were content with just sitting at the midfield and parking the bus in the back. And eventually that, that free kick forced them to kind of open up a little. And I think Chivas just executed perfectly and took advantage of they were playing like a high line on that second goal they definitely took advantage that bizarro like beauty that passed the trophies oh man yeah that iniesta type ball to messi broke that line and then trophies uh passed it to himself i was was saying earlier like i think Bolido would have tried to score that off the chip and he would have missed it like trophies like played it perfectly. Like he didn't try. To, he knew that he knew he wasn't going to score it off the chip, or they had a chance to miss it. So he just pretty much passed it to himself. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. not. I'm not going to disagree with you. And it was also, like it was like it was like perfectly done. Uh, that was like a, uh, a messy type play. Just get it yeah. around the goalkeeper, and just to finish it. Yeah, I mean, to finish it. For a second, I was scared that the ball was going to bounce too high. Like, on the bounce, I thought it was going to, like, just bounce. And he's going to miss it? Over him and just, like, whiff on the header. But then he reminded me that he's Eric Chofis, and, like, 
He got hops. I oh, mean, man. He, like... he pretty much he pretty much knocked out like the tallest defender out of the game. Oh, he gave that dude a knot, yeah. bro. <laughs> he gave the guy a black guy. I mean, that's probably from training with Canelo. Oh, he had a knot. <laughs> yeah. Well, they always talk about Canelo, but he was training with the Warriors in the offseason as well. So I think that helped the him out. The Warriors? Yeah. Wait, who? Gold State? Gold State. Really? Yeah, man. Y'all didn't know? <laughs> no. No, I'm just messing with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put out a disclaimer. Like, you know, Flo may or may not know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, he definitely has some hops, man. He was, in that other game, he was winning those headers. Shortest man on the field, winning headers. And this game, yeah, for me, it wasn't, I didn't think he was going to whiff. But I think the ball went so high that I was afraid the center back was going to get there. Yeah, but, the center yeah, back was going to catch up to him, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was afraid of, yeah. How how long did that uh did that play feel for you guys? Like for me, I I felt like that that play lasted like a minute. It was, it was probably like five seconds. Like an like an eternity. But for me, I like stood up off my couch and I just watched the TV, and it felt like like twenty minutes went by, and I was just watching it in slow motion. I was I was just excited. It was trophies. Like I was just like I was trying not to yeah. make noise. My dad actually laughed. He he got fed up at halftime, and he's like, you know what. These guys aren't going to fucking wake me up in the morning. <laughs> I'm going to sleep. Um, he was fed up. Yeah. And so I'm like trying not to like yell or make noise. But this morning he was like, I could like, he's like in the background. I could, while I was like sleeping, I could like vaguely hear you like yelling. But I couldn't tell if you were yelling because she was winning because they were losing. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I couldn't. I, I definitely couldn't contain myself for that goal. Yeah. When I saw Ch- Trophy score, I, the first thing I thought about was Rigo. <laughs> I was like, that. I was going. I was going ham. I was going ham. You know what's? You know what's? What's also crazy about the third goal, right? So the oh, Champions League, the the European Champions League happens earlier, right? Uh, and Messi, I think it was the third goal or the second goal. They're on the a breakaway. Second, the second one. Where, where they're on a breakaway, and he stops, like at the edge of the box. He like he just completely stops, and then like you don't you don't see Dembele coming, and like he just he passes it like across the edge of like, the edge of the box. Why are you doing no bad memories? <laughs> what? That's right. Why are you just, bringing out bad memories? But no, yeah. I'm going to bring this full circle. Uh, but just the way he stopped, and then he made the pass. He, although they were on a, although although they were on a counter, and the, the like the game movement was fast. He just completely stopped, slowed the game down, and passed it across to Dembele, and then he comes and scores. The third goal. Brisuela I think steals a ball, or no, Brisuela's like crossing in. Right, he's making a like a run from like from the left side in, and he, I mean, it, the the I think it was it was almost like a counterattack. Yeah, and he gives the ball he gives the ball to Trophies, and Trophies just stops. Right, and he just he just slows it all down, and then he gives the pass back to Brizuela, and he he wins the, the uh, the challenge with the defender, then he passes it to uh, Godinez. But the when 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 Trophies stopped it like that, and he then and then he waited for. Brizuela to like make the run, 
reminded me of Messi, and I'm like, damn, this guy's <laughs> this guy's balling out. Hey, I mean that, yeah, that 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 goal is like crazy because yeah. just uh, at the end of that half, I at the end of the first half, I think I tweeted out that um, I tweeted out, remember when we thought. Godina scoring in the classical meant he was gonna prove all of us wrong. And I was like, get him off, get him off the field, and give me Macias or uh, or Ronaldo. And for that, for the classical, we did a live podcast. You were you were on you were on it, but not not during the game. And me, Flo, and Luis, we all we all like shit talk Godina. So we're like, yo, just get him off the field. Why is he starting? And like every time we talk shit about him, he just he shuts us up. I, I mean, like, I didn't think I was like, he was hey, gonna be. Godinez keeps shutting me up. Like, <laughs> I thought, I thought, you know, I didn't think he was the right guy for the game, just because, like, he's kind of slow. Yeah, I, mean, I feel I like st- we need to speed. Yeah, I still don't really like. I don't like. I, mean, I don't like I don't, him. I don't but, love him. Yeah. But I mean, he he scored, he scored in the Clásico, he scored that. That third goal, which I really needed to be like, like super confident that we were through, and then like, I don't know. I'm 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 still like, I'm not. I don't really. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him yet. He's like a like Henry Martin, trash but scores goals. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that motivates him some more. Hat trick coming up on Saturday. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna need him to score a hat trick on Saturday. <laughs> oh man, we got theaters this Saturday. But uh, man, man of the match for you guys from uh, last night, second leg. Uh, Brizuela. Oh. I was gonna say there's so many people. Brizuela played great. Um, I thought Orbelin played better. I'm gonna tell you who played who played phenomenal. And might might be overlooked. Jair Pereira. Like there was one point in there was one point in the game when he like pushed up, and he's he's like, he's he doesn't even have the ball, but he's yelling at everybody, telling them where to be and what to do, and I feel like we haven't had that on defense in so long. Like I didn't feel as nervous with him back there. This past weekend. Yeah, I mean, I was. I'm not saying was, he's. I'm not saying he's mad at the match, but like I felt like it was important that he was back. Yeah, I was. I was hesitant about him starting just because. He's so injury prone now. Yeah. And the last game, like the last two, three games he's played, he he'll start, and then like fifteen, twenty minutes into the game, he gets hurt. So, I mean, I said it. I was like, I I would wa- like that's my guy, but I don't. I'm not a hundred percent about him starting. But um, that also reminds me, Seattle had two two early injuries and subs into their game that probably messed up. That possibly messed up their game plan. Uh, the guy that got the knot from Chelsea's. And yeah, I don't remember the other guy, but it was like early, like maybe 15 minutes into the game that he got subbed out. So like right off the bat in the first half, I think they were down to their last substitution. No, yeah, I think that that definitely killed them. I mean, but the, I just felt like they did, they just didn't have much. They were going to try and play for the counter, and those substitutions uh, killed them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, 
my man of the match probably is uh, Brizuela too, just because he's shown he's showing those flashes, like I said, from like when he's in form, he's in form and he's really good. He takes on he takes on players, creates opportunities, he'll take shots that sometimes are at on target. Yeah, I think my underrated player of the game is probably my guy uh, Michael Perez, but. I don't know how much that had to do with the fact that Seattle didn't really push. So it was kind of, I don't want to say it was kind of easy for him to break up plays in the midfield and kind of do his thing. But I think I think Michael Perez had a great game last night too. No, I thought he was, uh, I thought he was, he was working and like, his work rate was really good. Um, same thing with Orvelin. I mean, it, the the way they played that second half is the way you'd want them to play every game. I mean, I yeah. thought it was huge. I thought it was huge. Like I talked about, I was tweeting about it like in the beginning of the game because when the beginning of the game he started with going down the right, he's on the left, and Chopin in the middle. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, he needs to like rotate them, and like Chopin needs to be on the on the right and going down the left. And Pizarro in the middle, and that's what he did in the second half. I felt like that that worked completely better. Like Pizarro's better in the middle, and Chofis is is better on the on the on the right. right. And Brizuela is able to cut in a lot when he plays on that left side, and I just feel like the the team just just functioned a lot better. Yeah, I think you in the second leg, you said you're saying that Hugo was saying. Uh, the fullbacks for Seattle were a weakness. I think you really saw that in the in the second leg. Yeah, I mean, Bruce, oh, yeah, definitely. Well, uh, he 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 was he was he was a madman out there. He was a danger man. And every yeah. he, was, he was creating so many so many opportunities, and you could tell that they were just weren't comfortable with, with him out, out there. He was just playing so fast. He was playing like yeah, you know, as lights out as he could. I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody had a great, a great game, and then a couple of players had like a, an amazing second half. I think overall, is a, overall, like that's what, ideally that's what we want to see from Chivas for ninety minutes every game of the season. Yeah, I thought the refing was really bad though. Like, oh, they had, in, the ref was in, shit, in, man. In favor. In favor of, of Seattle too, like it was just really bad. Like, um, there, there was one to... foul on Godinez where, like the, the the defender basically smacks him in the face, and he calls it the other way. And I'm like, what oh, the fuck yeah. are you watching? So Seattle last night had three yellow cards, and it definitely didn't feel like they should have walked away with three yellow cards. There was like a lot of plays that. I thought at one point the game was gonna get out of like out of the referee's hands, and eventually players were gonna start scrapping just because the referee wasn't calling fouls. Thankfully, they didn't get to that. But yeah, the ref—I think the ref was shit last night. I think no, I remember. Bad. I remember the first leg being similar. I, I thought the the ref was gonna let get, uh, lose control of the game, or maybe he did lose control of the game in the first leg as well. I don't know if you guys remember that at all. Um, 
Is it, no, I don't remember. Is it the that. first leg that they uh, there's like a slide tackle from the back on Pizarro that should have been like a red card, or am I thinking of another game? I think it was the Seattle that's game. That's the right? game I'm thinking. That's the game I'm thinking about. Maybe it was the Lobos game. I'm mix, mixing games over no, here. No, he didn't. He didn't play in the Lobos game. It has to be the first leg of the Seattle. Okay, then, yeah, definitely. It was definitely. It was definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a Sounders. Yeah, I thought that there were some very questionable um, calls. And I remember thinking that the refs were shit. Yeah, I mean, and oh, so it doesn't surprise me. Second day was more the same. Yeah, I mean, overall, like the Concacaf refereeing is yeah not not yeah. good. <laughs> doesn't have the doesn't have the best reputation. No, definitely not. <laughs> I think there was like a couple like a couple offside calls that they botched too. Like I don't not in not in our games, but other other games they botched a couple of calls. Um, anything you guys want to add to to the second leg of Seattle and Chivas? No, I just thought it was magical. Uh, definitely, yeah, definitely it was magical. nice to it was nice to see us finally make the right play in the final third and finish some of these chances that seems like everybody finishes against us. <laughs> it seems like everybody has their best game against us for some reason. It was nice to be on the other side. Yeah, definitely. Um, what that that um there was like a fourth goal that Chivas scored that the referee called back. Do you guys know why he called that back? I didn't see anything wrong with that play. Caught him offside, I think. Nah, he was on. Like on the replay, I saw he was on, and like I I I, I didn't I didn't get to tweet it out on time, but I was gonna be like, there's no there's no mercy rule in in soccer. That that's you gotta allow that goal. Yeah, he, he it was outside. I remember. I remember it was outside. I was mean, that? I didn't say it was outside, but that's what the call was. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think it was outside. But anyways, we are gonna play the New York Red Bulls in the next game. The first leg will be at Estadio Akron, and then second leg at Red Bulls Arena. Yeah. Uh, me and Rio we will, will be, there. be there. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta we gotta watch out for Thierry Henry. <laughs> you should. Danger man. You know what? You know what I was thinking. Maybe, maybe you can try and get accreditations. Well, that's what I was texting you about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I and you I said can't I can't take you. <laughs> no, I can't do it. Like I, I, I have no, to do no. it through FMF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I'll, I'll uh, try if you if you can find me the details or whatever. I'll definitely I'll try. Look, but. Maybe through like the colorful kit. Yeah, maybe. I mean, well, we could talk yeah, about but, this off air. Yeah. Yeah. But I was, I was, I was saying, I was saying that maybe we can do like a, like a little, like a little live, pre-podcast, like, from the stadium. Yeah, yeah. For or sure. some video, or some video content. I mean, I'll be out there doing video content. Um, but just an idea, while we're podcasting, about future podcasts. <laughs> all right so Damn. if uh anyone's going if anyone's going hit us up we'll uh do like a little meet and greet if we could arrange that drink some martinis It'd be good yeah definitely we definitely want to get there early because mexicans are going to be out in full force oh yeah and getting and out the, getting to that stadium sucks man well you drive i, I take the train that shit sucks 
Everybody says it's mad easy. I mean, get no like. Well, what's, maybe once you're on the path, leaving leaving the stadium sucks. Cause there's like a four block line to get back onto the path. <sighs> I, yeah, I heard leaving sucks. <laughs> um, all right. So all right. We'll see, we'll see everybody at Red Bull. Yeah, we'll we'll tweet out the details once it comes. I'm glad it's the second leg because I was probably gonna have to fly out to New Orleans the next day, so I would have been tired as shit. When is is it? I think the second we're gonna play them on April fourth, April third. April tenth is the second leg. April tenth is the second leg. Yeah, so we're so playing them on April third be... and April tenth. I'll be so, one day back. From uh, won't you be in New Orleans? No. Huh? I fly back on the ninth. We all is fly that... back on the ninth. Oh, okay, that's right. And uh, oh dang! So the very next day, on the 10th, yeah, I'm not gonna get rest till probably that weekend. <laughs> yeah, Rob's gonna be there, hungover, <laughs> still sweating out the booze from uh, Bourbon Street. Yeah, so I don't, I know nothing about the Red Bulls, so I mean, I mean uh, I they've I actually been playing have, well, I, but we can we can touch on that. As we get closer, pause. Um, <laughs> to that game, we can we can talk about the Red Bulls as we Why get closer you, to that game. I don't think that required a pause, but okay. <laughs> we can touch on that <laughs> as we get, uh, we get close. We get closer. Uh, okay, I mean, all right, yeah. sure. Come on, this this is a progressive podcast. Here we go. <laughs> I'm sorry, been in New York for too long now. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the next topic. Um, let me summarize where Chivas is on the table right now. Chivas is four points out of the last Liguilla spot. Can Chivas... Chivas has, Chivas has 11 points. Monterrey has 15 points. We're four points out. Can Chivas make one last push for a playoff run? And we have yes. Tigres, we have Tigres this weekend, and we have oh, we one, still play Atlas, two, right? three, four, five, six games left. Oh yeah, definitely then. We have the the teams we have left to play are Tigres. We got Morelia left to play, who is mm. sitting in fifth place. We mm-hmm. have Veracruz, who's behind us at the moment uh, at sixteenth. Trash, yeah. We got yeah. Tijuana, who is in seventh place. So that's like a head-to-head. But, Mar- but Tijuana's not good. Yeah, no, I mean, they just Tijuana's lost to some good. random MLS team, so. <laughs> uh, hold on, where's Tigres on? Oh, Tigres is at fourth, so that's for this weekend. Then we have Atlas, who's in dead last. Trash. Yeah, trash. And then we have Leon, who's in twelfth, ahead of us by by three points at the moment. So I see uh, 13 points coming up. I mean, 13 That's points not enough. That's added not enough to us to right it. now is only 24 points, which is... So 13 my, the minimum is like how 26. Many how many points? I mean, how many games do we have about Six. Six, yeah. 
Yeah, it's the 13 points. That was five games. So I'm missing a game in there. So. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think we need to win this weekend. It's going to be hard. We, we can win. But if we, I mean, obviously coming out with a draw would be, wouldn't be bad either. Because then we have a bunch yeah. of easy games. And we also need some other some other games to, you know, fall on our fall our way. Like we need like Monterrey and, and Pumas to kind of slip by the wayside. I mean I think No, I, I think I think we could do it. I just, I'm not trying to get my hopes up. Yeah, that's so, true. But I, I I even think we could afford to lose this game on the weekend. I don't want to lose this game. I mean obviously I don't want to, but I think the Morelia and the Tijuana matches are the more important ones because they're kind of head-to-head head-to-head matches because if we beat both those teams we make up we make up ground on them Morelia got that small mentality (laughs) small club mentality small club mentality yeah man that that Arsenal fandom is getting to you Arsenal's still playing in Europe though I don't I don't I don't know Damn. <laughs> Damn. Chelsea and, lost to Barcelona. Damn. In Europe? Europa League? Is that what you're talking about? Hey, that's, Euro- that's European football, man. <laughs> yeah, they they went there so they wouldn't get blown out by Bayern this year. <laughs> Yo, I'm mad Besiktas put up a better fight against Bayern than Arsenal did last year. <laughs> so, Monterrey... Real still have games against Tigres in America. Oh um, yeah, they got yeah. Even they Pumas. got Puma. I mean, they got yeah, yeah. They got they got a couple of hard games, man. So I, I definitely think Chivas has a chance here. And Pachuca, who's kind of like up and down. Yeah, Pachuca is like yeah. But they're like yeah. a wild. They're a wild card. So I don't know. I think I think we could. Uh, I think we could definitely make a last. Like one last push. If we win this weekend, I think my hopes. I, I'm getting my hopes up. Yeah, if we win, we're <laughs> definitely in. I think. Part of my yawn. <laughs> so. Um, um, oh, and Tijuana is Tijuana's in, ahead of them too, and we still play Tijuana's Tijuana, not right? good though. Yeah. Tijuana's not good though. Like who they just lose to? Like the they lost to like. I mean, Tijuana. Yeah. Tijuana and Tigres lost to to MLS teams. Yeah, did they just like lost that's to sad. Like the New York Cosmos or something? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, can't can't relate to those uh, small club problems, you know. Imagine you imagine losing to an MLS club. It's crazy. <laughs> I can't relate. <laughs> All right, so general consensus, we are, we can still make a push. How likely is it? I think it depends on this weekend. Yeah. There's three teams behind us, and and we still have to play two of them. (laughs) And we still have some matchups with people that we'll be fighting for that final spot for, so it's definitely doable. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you guys, like, to me, a a loss would hurt us. It's not the end of it. But if we get a draw, I think it sucks us up yeah. to play Morelia, Morelia and uh, Tijuana all out. 
and like those are head-to-head matches that we make up ground on the seventh, eighth spot of the Liguilla. I don't know. We don't want to get people people's hopes up, but I mean, we have, hey, it could happen. Yeah, we have anything can happen if in the MX. If we can get into form. I mean, we have the talent. If we can carry and this second Pineda's, half form, yeah. Exactly, Pineda's starting to play better. Um, Rizuela is playing the best football he's been playing in you know past year. Pre, Pulido's uh, gonna come back. Pre Sambuesa injury. I mean, we got Messi and Iniesta in the in the midfield, so I think I think we're good. Hey, hey, guys, we we have a chance. Like, I think we wrote it. Ah, oh man, I, we do this every week, but <laughs> there's 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 a chance. <laughs> All right, guys. So, what else? After this, after this Seattle, uh, after we destroyed Seattle. Oh, what what do you guys think of my uh, my Chivas Lucha Libre gif that I tweeted out last night? Oh, I you love tweeted it. something out last night. <laughs> the, Lucha, the game was wow, it, the Lucha Libre but... gif, bro. Come on. After the game, you retweeted it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they said, they said gift. No, gif, gif. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that was a that was a good gif. Yeah, shout out shout out to Lucha Gifts. I, I stole that from them, but shout out to Lucha Gifts. But anyways, after we beat Seattle, a couple of uh butt hurt Seattle fans started tweeting about Ew. the fact is somebody like in the wind, I hear like feet I don't know. Feedback or something. I was to say, what is that? Yeah. But, okay. I thought Rigo fell asleep or something. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Alright, this is, this is going to fire you up. This topic that we have coming up, like, if this doesn't fire you up, I don't know what's going to fire you up. But after we beat Seattle, a couple of butthurt Seattle uh, Sounder fans started tweeting that Chivas is a xenophobic team. Because we only no. we only field Mexican players, and there was a tweet that even said Chivas is a. I'm gonna quote. I don't know who tweeted this. Somebody else retweeted it for us. They said, "quote Chivas is a disrespectful, fascist, and discrimin- discriminatory institution with an equally charming fan base." End quote. I mean, guys, is is Chivas a xenophobe, like xenophobic, fascist, racist team? Not at all. These are Seattle fans. <laughs> I don't know. Like, apparently, social justice warriors are coming after Chivas now. They just, it just, they don't understand. Niggas hate what they don't understand. <laughs> all they, all they know is fucking. Rain and depression. Coffee, and barista, and fucking <laughs> Starbucks. That market with Twilight. The fish. <laughs> Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> Wait, what? Is that yeah, is a, that in Seattle? It's a, it's a, yeah. Okay. <laughs> fucking close enough. Gray. Yeah. I thought it was just like a random comment. Yeah, the, all they know is how to lose NBA franchises. <laughs> 
I mean, Rigo. No, me. I mean, I don't even. I don't even fucking. I haven't even. I've tried not to get in like into those conversations because it's just arguing with idiots who don't understand like anything about the team or what the team stands for, and it's definitely not about xenophobia or racist yeah. or being fascist. It's just a. It's just a. It's it's a culture thing, like. Yes, you could never do that in the United States. You could never have that because we have so many, like, you know, so much, so so, so much political correctness and and uh, oh, yeah. equal rights. Yeah. Um, so you you could you could never employ a, a team like this. So I I understand why it's difficult. It's a difficult concept to grasp. But white people, in particular. Always try to fucking like put their noses where it doesn't belong. Like there's shit that isn't for you. Like this is not for you. Don't fucking worry about it. Like our team fucking only fields Mexican players. It's not like we don't employ other nationalities. Cause our coach is Argentinian, right? Like it's just we field Mexican players, and that's the tradition of the team, and that's what they do. Like mind your fucking business and keep it moving. You guys have got washed. Like and so this is your fucking response. I mean, we yeah we've hired we have um, in the, in our coaching we had we've had Argentinians we've had people from Holland we've had Mexicans. I mean, we don't. We were founded I mean, by the, we were founded by what a French guy and and a Belgian and two guy. guys like, two yeah. guys from Belgium like. And for the first two the, years of our existence, we feel that Belgian players. French players, Mexican players, and it wasn't even, it wasn't, all right, so it wasn't even the Mexican guy that implemented the let's only field Mexican players rule, it was, it was, um, the, the French guy or whatever. Okay, we just didn't. tell me what, okay. <laughs> uh, my, that's my Apple, that's my Apple watch, sorry. Dang. We didn't, we, Mexicans didn't come up with that rule, French, French guy made that rule up, and it's been going on since uh, what, nineteen oh eight? Yeah. And no one, no one in Mexico has yeah. had a problem with it in all the years that we've been in existence. We've existed more than we've existed longer, way longer than the MLS has. Like, uh, I mean, you guys, you guys have no. There's no like. No one. I don't know. There's no basis to their argument. Like these aren't these aren't facts. Like. Yeah, we're not gonna change shit that we've done for 110 years because three people from Seattle tweeted some shit. I mean, it's not Pretty even much. like there's there's a, there's like Atlético Bilbao, I believe, does the same thing, right? They they only they only field players from um, push from the Basque yeah Basque region. Yeah, they only field players from the Basque region. Um, I think we, me, you, you and the. Me and you, Rigo, we touched on it when we did the Copa 90 segment. Like, not a lot of it made, yeah, made like, the video, but we talked about the fact that it's not, like, xenophobic. It's nationalistic. Like, we're proud to feel right. only Mexicans. And yeah, yeah. the league doesn't have a problem with it. Like, I think all league owners understand that Chivas is set up to help youngsters progress into the league, make their way into the league, get playing time. Um, like serve, I mean, as, serve as a foundation for the national team, maybe. Like it's not. There's nothing. I don't know. Nobody in Mexico the, minds. I don't know why people are 
I don't know. It's weird. The, 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 the biggest problem is that like, the MLS is a new league, right? So when you're a new league, you only have deep roots. So you're taking, you're taking like a lot of what you're applying to soccer from other sports, right? From fucking football, baseball, or whatever. This 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 isn't allowed. Like in the U.S., like they had to be like white people didn't allow black people to play sports. Like there had to be color barriers broken. So it's hard for them to understand like how only one nationality can play on one team. Um. But, like, if there was a team that only played with American players and was successful in the U.S., fucking MAGA Twitter and all the fucking (laughs) Trump supporters would fucking love that shit. And it wouldn't be a bad thing for the the national, like, for the country, for, for soccer, because there's one team that's progressively putting out American talent constantly all the time because they are you know america first and obviously that's not allowed but um it doesn't mean it mean even if you did a team that only fielded american players whether black latino american like whatever they were like i don't even think that's that bad like it's really it's really not that serious and and i think it would be the same thing i think once you get into like uh, well we're not going to field you know black players or we're not going to field Latin players. That's where, you know, there's a disconnect. But she was have has already fielded Mexican players that were born in the U.S. Like, just because we don't field fucking Germans or French guys, like, you're upset about that? Fuck out of here. Yeah, I don't. You should be happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there's nothing that. I think MLS fans or any American sport fan can like relate this to. It'd be like, like take whatever whatever basketball team like, take um, take like the take the Los Angeles Lakers. Say they only signed players that were born or resided in LA. I mean, if you're from LA and your team is only signing players that were born. In LA, you're gonna root for that. You're gonna root for that team even harder. Like there, there's just nothing that you can't compare it to anything in MLS or like not even in any other soccer league or any other sport league in the world now, except Atlético de Bilbao. And I'm sure there are other cases where teams do it, but they do it in a discriminatory xenophobic like way way yeah where where they make it like specific like no we don't want you because you're this but she was i mean there's never been a player like all right so it'd be one thing if a player like some other national like another nationality player came to mexico like say Ginac was like i want to play for chivas but they don't want to sign me because i'm french there's never been a player that comes to Mexico and cries about the fact that they can't play on Chivas. Them coming to the league, they accept it. Like, there's no problem in Mexico about the fact that Chivas only fields and signs um, Mexican players or players born from Mexican parents. 
because we've signed we've signed Ponce, and we signed that other kid. Um, what's his last name? Zendejas, I think. Who kind of got? Isn't Connie Brizuela? Oh, I think Brizuela from Cali too. I think yeah. Like we have players that weren't born in Mexico that still play for us. They, mind you, they did recently like expand it. But, I mean, there's... Yeah, Cody Brizuela was born in San Jose. Yeah, there's... Like, players haven't come to Mexico and complained that they can't play for Chile. They don't, they don't feel some type of way. They respect it. Like, if players coming to our league can respect the fact that Chivas only fields Mexican players, why do you, as a fan of a team in the USA for a league that's only been, re- that's only been relevant for, I want to say, like, the last five years... Because how long, the MLS has been in existence for, I want to say, like, 20 years. That might be a little short. Has it? Yeah. 22. Okay, yeah. 22, been, I think. They've been in existence for 20. I think 96. Yeah, okay. So, they've been in existence for 22 years, but have been relevant for, what, like, four or five years? Like, last four or five years? I mean, there, there's no reason for... They're just hurt. They lost. Like take the L graciously and walk away. Like what are you what are you crying about? It's it's a sport. Learn to take L. I don't know if you guys mm. wanna add anything to this. No, I don't have anything else to say. Except that they're actually twenty five years old. Okay. Still only relevant for what? Oh no no. A, a fifth of their they were founded they were founded in ninety three, but they were First season took place in '96. So we were right. Okay. Twenty-two yeah. years old. They've only been relevant for like a fifth of their existence. And and I like I like I'm growing to like the MLS. So it's not like I hate the MLS. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not. I'd be like Hugo, you know, but <laughs> I go to games. No yeah. shade. It's fun. Like you know. It's fun to go to a local, local soccer game. All right, Flo, mm. anything to add to this? No. <laughs> they don't want to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Lastly, before the second leg of Chivas and Seattle, Seattle tweeted out. A Mex uh, quote a Mexican legend returns to returns to Guadalajara or whatever, and it it was Gonzalo Pineda. Do you guys consider Gonzalo Pineda one a Chivas legend and two a Mexican player like legend? Yeah, no sir. I would say no to both. But I thought that was what was interesting because they tweeted that a Mexican legend, but all the comments I saw were everyone trying to see if he was a Chivas legend or not. But that's not what they said. But either way, I would say no. And would you would you say Rigo no? No. Not at all. I mean, we got like he was good. He was good. He won a championship, but no. Not a we got yeah. we got like we got a bunch of replies from that for that tweet. Did didn't didn't he play? Did, hasn't he played for like all four big teams? 
Well, I know he played for Pumas. No, he played he played for Azul. Pumas before. He played for Azul, yeah. Chivas. He never played for America. And he played for the El Gran Seattle. The Seattle Sounders, yeah. Yeah, no, he's not. He's a he's not a legend. I mean, his career is basically made up in Chivas, but nah. He won. He won two titles in Pumas at Pumas, right? I think. I believe uh, so. Yeah, he won two titles that in Pumas. The Campeonato run. Yeah, he won the title with Chivas. Yeah, he played a he played at a World Cup for Mexico, maybe two. I'm not sure. He played in. I mean, he was good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember. Not, I yeah, but legend. The word is legend. No, you know. Um, at at some of Chivas LA had a. I mean, he had a, like interesting way of looking at it. He said any campeón from Chivas is a legend in his eyes. And he said that's just his opinion. Like I. I strongly disagree. Like, but then we get into the whole like, are we doing that because Chivas has like Chivas has won like titles sparingly in the last forty years? Yeah, I think. Or do we really believe that? Do we really believe that? Because like, there's a lot of guys that win championships that are not legends, and I don't think he's one of them. Like, there's, there's going to be guys on on the twenty seventeen team. Who won the championship but are not are not legends when their career is over? Once it. Yeah, I mean, I mean when like Gonzalo Pinedo was part no, of what no, the old... nobody's nobody's gonna call Adi Hernandez a legend when we win the champ because well, he was he won the championship in two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Right. They'll be like, oh, he was a good player. He was a solid player. Yeah. But not a legend. I mean, yeah. part part of that, what was it, 06? Pinedo was part of 06 or 07? Yeah. I always get it messed up. 06. 06. I mean, yeah. you guys remember, uh, I think Diego Martinez was part of that squad, right? He was our starting right back? Yeah. And no, like, so. if you mention him to like a casual Chivas fan, he's not going to remember Diego Martinez. Flo, you're like a somewhat new Chivas fan. Like, do you, you know who Diego Martinez is? No damn idea, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, case in point. He was, he was, I mean, he was okay. He won the championship with Chivas, but like off the top of my head, if you guys say name Chivas legend, Diego Martinez is never popping up in my head. And Gonzalo Pineda wouldn't pop in my head either, to be honest. I think maybe the players that do win championships with Chivas are considered icons. They could be considered icons, but not not legends. Yeah, you'd have to win multiple titles with Chivas to be a legend. I mean, unless you have like like a long stint with Chivas, man. Yeah, or like if you have a. Like the only way I can see it otherwise is if you, if you have like a like a moment, you know, like a big moment that contributed to to a title or something big. You know what I'm saying? All right, so I'm gonna read off the the roster for the 2006 championship squad. The goalkeepers were Osvaldo Sanchez, Talavera, and Mitchell. 
and then defenders were Diego Martinez. We have Massa, we have Hector Reynoso, Omar Esparza, Jose Antonio Patlan, I don't remember, I don't even know who that is. Roberto Rivera, I don't remember. Edgar Mejia, I remember him. Johnny Magallón, Edgar Solís. We have Pato Araujo, Gonzalo Pineda, Alberto Medina, Ramon Morales, Sergio Ávila, Juan Pablo Rodríguez, Marco Antonio Parra, Manuel Sol, Max Perez, I don't remember him. Emilio Lopez, I don't remember him. Juan Manuel Garza, I don't remember him. Like Then forwards, we had, wow, Sergio Santana was champion with Chivas, and I would never consider him a Chivas legend. Exactly. We had Edwin Borboa, I don't remember. Omar Bravo, a Chivas legend, but like not only because he scored so many goals with Chivas. We had Jesus Morales, who I don't know. We had Javier Chicharito Hernandez, who didn't really play but credited with the championship. Renato Rivera. And then we have, uh, I want to hear your takes on this, on about on uh, El Bofo. Chivas legend? Hello? Yo. Do we lose everybody? Uh, no. Uh, Hello? But yeah, I just wanted, like, your takes on Bofa Bautista as a as a Chivas legend. He is a legend. He's a legend. He's just like a representative of the club. Yeah. Yeah, I think like he's that's somebody so well liked. Like when you think of the O six team, you think of him, you think of Osvaldo Sanchez, and you think of Ramosito Morales. Like, that's what comes to your mind when you think of that team. You think of him playing with gloves on and shit. Man, you think of his championship winning goal. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you can try to argue for certain players as legends or icons, but I I don't think Gonzalo, Gonzalo Pineda is not a Chivas legend or a Mexican legend. Like, that's that's a huge reach. Yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was Seattle put out that tweet, so we can't <laughs> expect anything anything better from them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they probably just said that because they play, he played for them, so. Yeah. <laughs> or he lied to them. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Chivas in Mexico legend. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, you guys want to run through Twitter stuff real quick? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm tired. I'm tired to Rigo. If Rigo's brother had some questions, we'll answer his. Well, he did. Well, I mean, we talked. We talked. We touched on a lot of the stuff. Um, the xenophobic stuff. People kept tweeting to us about that. Uh, Luis did tweet us. He said, "Should Chivas sign foreign players to be able to compete in the Conquer Champions League, like the Almighty Tigres?" <laughs> so that was. <laughs> we think we just answered that earlier. <laughs> so that's a that's a troll. <laughs> uh, he 
said, oh, somebody else said, how crazy do I sound if I say, well, Eddie GMF said, how crazy do I sound if I say that I think we can still make a run into the Liguilla if we beat Tigres on Saturday and win the Conca Champions. I mean, I don't think we have, mm-hmm. we don't have to win the Conca Champions to make a run. But, um, hey, we said the, the run is still possible. Yeah, so he sounds pretty smart. <laughs> Uh, more stuff on Chivas only fielding Mexican players. Uh, why, why is that such a big topic? I don't get it, man. Mm-hmm. I think it's just because... I don't get it either. Like, I'm already over it. We're in like the woke era, and everybody wants to be a social justice warrior. So, I think that's why. I think everybody's too sensitive now. Okay, well, they can... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Um, at J Sandoval underscore ninety one said no any Chivas supporters going to New York game. Well, me and Rigo will be there and uh we're gonna try to get like a little meet and greet or something going. Yeah, Flo Varo's gonna make a little little stand so you guys can come and shake our hands. <laughs> Tell us how much you guys love love the podcast. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, I don't know. Anything else you guys want to add to... Like, we talked about a lot of stuff. I don't think there's anything else to add, but... Yeah, you totally went over the half-hour mark. Yeah. I gave you half an hour, Varl. <laughs> hey, man, we had a lot to cover. No more, no more, no more, no more <laughs> drinking for you before podcasts, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're only um, a PayPal and three dollars for my morning coffee tomorrow. Hashtag fake news. I know. <laughs> Venmo or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you can afford oh, it. by the way, tickets. If you go into the Red Bull game, tickets to the Red Bull Ch- Chivas game will go on sale to the general public Tuesday, March twentieth. If you're a season ticket Red Bull member, it will go on sale tomorrow, March sixteenth. Hey. There you have it. There you have Are you it. Are a season ticket holder? No. Oh. But I, I'll be there as press, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to with the plebs. Wow. Okay. With the, with the pores. <laughs> um, hey, let them know where they can find you guys. You can find me, find Flo in San Antonio at Whataburger. (laughs) Ordering horchata on Uber Eats. (laughs) For sure. You can find me in New York eating chopped cheese. Oh, yeah, we got to take chopping to to get a chopped cheese. get a chopped cheese, and then we can work Uh, out with him. Maybe we'll lose some weight. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, we need to lose some weight, so... Oh, we'll I need to lose, we I need to lose like, five pounds before this uh, Red Bulls game so I could actually wear a Chivas jersey to the match. Um, but, uh... You guys can follow me on Twitter, r.a. Uh, look, for, look for me at... I got a lot of Copa 90 stuff coming up, so... Look for me on there. FMF State of Mind. The Real Flow. <laughs> underscore Dos Uno. <laughs> 
uh, my other account, the colorful kid, <laughs> and my my fucking parody account, the stray goat. <laughs> sure, sure. Signing off. All right. <laughs> Alright guys, we'll talk after the QS Theaters game. No predictions because we don't want to get anybody's hopes up and we're always wrong. Five Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys. guys. Later.